Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jordan Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Yeah, here he was with Cody Rhodes last night, AEW. Jack, I, I was you. impressed. I told you. Oh, I got to hurt. Shaq, I told you, I told you that I was very impressed. You were awesome. Well, you were throwing him around like ragdoll. How about this right here, though? It's all real, oh, America. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's all real, America. Uh, hey, what's this? What's that little move? Well, I just had to, you know, tap him, you know, make sure he was okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Why are you fine. knocked out? Were you knocked out? Wow. That was fun. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal making his AEW wrestling debut. This past Wednesday on Dynamite. Kuz, you know how I felt about it, man. I thought it was awesome. I was skeptical, all right? I was one of the skeptics. Can Shaq pull it off? I think he absolutely did. Um, You know, big weekend AEW revolution this Sunday. And we're joined now by a man that just took on Shaq in the ring. First time in AEW. That, That took those slaps that almost busted my speakers, per se. We are joined right now. We've got to be joined by him. An executive vice AEW president, wrestler himself, Mr. Cody Rhodes. Cody, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing, uh, I think I'm doing better than Shaq after, <laughs> uh, after I sent him uh, sent him through those two tables. But I'm, I'm doing really good. I, uh, I love being in Jacksonville on these longer loops with the, you know, dynamite and then going to the Revolution pay-per-view and, it's just uh, it's a good feeling down here. Well, and Cody, you mentioned it was Shaq. You know, I, I was skeptical um, because I feel like sometimes in professional wrestling, you run the risk of, uh, of you know, kind of losing that hardcore audience a little bit because it can be gimmicky. And that Shaquille O'Neal match was anything but gimmicky. I thought it was a great showcase of his talents. I thought that it showcased uh, Jade Cargill very well and Red Velvet. I mean, that was overall I think, the perfect match for Shaq. My question to you, though, how did those slaps feel? Because they literally almost burst my speakers in my house, man, with surround sound. We get those big, uh, those big hands and those overhead chops. The only, uh, the only comparison I would have is, is Paul White, uh, formerly the Big Show, or, mm-hmm. or even the Great Ali. But I, I've never seen hands like like Shaq's, and and if I was. I think maybe there, there, I might have been planning on taking a few more, and then after I felt that first one, absolutely uh, not. Uh, that's that's this this most pain I've ever felt on a chop to the point where if you lower your chin enough on anything like a chop and you get touched by those fingers, it can knock you right out. So I I was lucky. I I, I survived. I still do have a handprint though, and. Uh, <laughs> Got a little itch to it, but yeah. So uh, I've got a battle wound from uh, the big man, Cody. Obviously, with with Shaq, you know, being uh, essentially transported in the ambulance, and then assumingly he just gets up and walks out and is nowhere to be seen. It obviously leaves it open ended. And do you think Shaq is a guy that wants to step back in the ring? Would you like to face him again? Do you think that he's good for the business and kind of the cross promotion? Oh, absolutely, and and I I know people were were plenty skeptical, and, and you know I under, I understand why I'm I'm part of the hardcore audience myself. I love pure wrestling as it is, but I love doing things uh, that have a hook to them and have a sizzle to them to help drive to the pure wrestling. The same show that Shaquille O'Neal was on was a show featuring Tully Blanchard, um, mm-hmm. and I 
I'm always surprised when people doubt me. You know, I don't mean to sound braggadocious, but I, I don't go into anything without a game plan, without being extremely organized. And I assumed a lot of responsibility with a completely new talent in Jade, a pretty untested talent in Red Velvet, and then Shaq, who's not a wrestler. But I'll, I'll say after it was over, I can tell you, he, he's got the bug. And that's what it like. It happens. I've seen it happen to older wrestlers. I've seen it happen to people coming for the first time. Uh, Stephen Amell, very similar yeah. situation. The, the, he's got the bug. To me, I the one thing I did tell him, we didn't converse much, but I said, I think you're a wrestler now. And I really mean that. Um, I'd love to have him back. There's obviously matches that people want to see. Uh, he takes the training very seriously. Um, and that's all good for us to – you know, Shaq brings different eyes to our product, and perhaps those eyes stay and see some of the pure wrestling that our hardcore audience and that our owner and founder, Tony Khan, loves so much himself. Uh, Cody, I have to ask you this, you know, because I'm, I'm a former Jaguars player. I know Tony Khan pretty well, but and I know the people that behind the scenes at AEW, and they all say the same thing about what you guys are doing right now. It's the fact that everybody in that business seems to be happy. Right. And, and, and sometimes, especially in professional wrestling, that can be hard to come by. You always hear the rumors that so and so is not happy with this or this. But like you get the you get the sense that you guys are like one big family. And I know you use that adjective a lot in describing AEW. But what is it that it seems like everyone's on the same page? Everyone's getting along. What do you attribute to that at AEW? Well, I think the reason that there's a lack of the, the term we use in the business is boo boo face. You know, these these individuals walking around who are miserable and don't like what their creative is or don't like even the fact that they traveled. We've got, I mean, almost non-existent, such a low percentage of that. And we do have this team environment. And I've been in a myriad of locker rooms since I was a little kid. I've never felt a team environment like this before. And I think what drives us and what bonds us is is twofold. The fact that we're doing something, we're competing with a juggernaut in the industry that's been doing this for 40 years. Um, we're this startup that could, and that really bonds us uh, in a way that it is truly one team where I'm not seeing that in wrestling. And then in addition uh, to that, it's a very transparent company. Uh, I'm really quick to say, you know, I don't like that. And hey, I, but I, I like this. There's, it's, it, there's no stabbing in the back. If anything, it's wrestling. You might as well stab each other in the front. And <laughs> and there's there's a real honor to this place. And and I'm at, you know, so lucky to be at the highest level here. And and part of management coming in on the, you know, at the very bottom floor um, and helping build this with Tony and the other EVPs and all the great personnel we have. Um, but that 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 looming monster over our shoulder that is you know uh, our competitor in the space m makes us just work so much harder and that's why our content's the best wrestling content on tv bar none talking to aew's cody rhodes and cody you mentioned it the the competition and you know there there's rumors circulating right now and i wouldn't be doing my job if i didn't ask you the question i understand you're a wrestler but you're also a businessman and your competitor right now every wednesday is rumored to be going maybe to Tuesday or another time slot. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like you'd rather go to war with the other brands, or do you just want to have Wednesday by yourself to showcase what you guys truly do? 
That's a great question. I, I think my answer changes a, a lot. There was a, a fun nature to the Wednesday night war that plenty of people took very seriously. Um, but we're, if we're being honest, and again, not trying to sound braggadocious, this is a this is a just a run through. I mean, this this is we have destroyed them mm-hmm. for for over a year now in that space and them leaving perhaps that opens up a different viewership for us on Wednesdays um but we're not reactionary to their booking we're not going to change anything we do with what they decide to do on Wednesdays or not and also there's a lot of smart people who work for WWE and perhaps they're planning something else maybe it's going to be Wednesday night raw for all I know I I'm not assuming that their white flag on moving to Tuesday nights is a true white flag. I, uh, I'll, I'm going to kind of wait and see myself. And in the, in the interim, all we're going to do is continue to come up with good content, great stories, and try to make new Kings and Queens on our, on our roster. It, it's, You'd be surprised if you're ever backstage at AEW, no one's talking about our competition as far as, as far as how it affects our job that night, we're talking about how much we love or are excited to do what we're about to do. And that won't change. Cody, I have a few more questions for you, man. They want to let you go. We appreciate your time. You mentioned Paul White, and obviously it's a huge signing. I think he even got lost a little bit with the, with the Shaq news that he's wrestling, but Paul White is a major get. And, and I love the fact that he's going to be doing commentary. I think he's going to kill it. I can't wait to see uh, what he's got planned going forward. With that being said, you know, I'm reminded of when you and him had your WrestleMania day, you know, like your, your match. And, you know, yeah. he, it seemed like he, he's helped you out a lot, you know, and you're the executive vice president of AEW. Like, did it almost come full circle? Did it seem like a little bit where, you know, I, I guess the question is how much were you uh, on the inside of those dealings with Paul White? Like, did you kind of coax him to come on over to AEW? Did he already want to? And what did it mean to sign him to the brand? You know, I, I'm typically one of the first people that uh, people reach out to because we shared locker rooms together, and if they're curious, and um, I, I'm never afraid to just chat with somebody and 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 see where they're at mentally. With him, um, that's one of the main giveaways. I know how motivated he is because there wasn't really much negotiation. Uh, he talked to me and then, you know, he moved, he moved on to talking to Tony Khan and they, they were quite a match and, you know, his benefits that he provides to the locker room are, 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 you know, endless essentially. Uh, and that lack of negotiation tells me he's very hungry and he wants to be part of this and he wants to be part of this now, almost if it's an emotional decision and full circle is a great way to put it because, you know, people who followed my career will know that I was not happy with, what happened with my rivalry with Big Show and where it led to it at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, creatively, it's actually the beginning of my downfall at the company. But the part they didn't see was the three to four months where I was basically married to this giant on these live events. And I, there's only a few people I ever learned as much from. It was so valuable to me. Um, and then I see him already talking to guys backstage, and I can see his sincerity and know like they're going to learn so much uh, from from Paul, and I, I really can't wait to see him go because the attraction that is that 
man and that giant and his athletic ability, it truly is an attraction. It's a head turner, and I can't wait to see him in an AEW ring and in front of our fans. Um, I know he'll feel it like he's never felt it before. And speaking of Paul White, and once again, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask the question. I don't expect you to break any news right now on our show, but he did mention there's going to be a big signing, right? Um, it, it's been the talk of Twitter. There's been conspiracy theories. There's videos all over online. Only question to you, are you in on this? Do you know what's about to happen right now? Um, and I guess what are your thoughts about it? Obviously not sharing who it's going to be. You know, I comp- I'm really confident. I always try to appear confident in, in front of the locker room and things of that <laughs> nature. But but I will say uh, I'm newly in on it. Okay. Um, this was something that Tony uh, had kept close to the chest, which when you're the executive vice president scares the hell out of you. And uh <laughs> And that's okay. I know, I know why he kept it close to the chest. He, he loves to see us surprised, and this is a great surprise. Um, I, I, you know, I don't want to by no means spoil it, but I'll say it's somebody that was very helpful to me and very helpful to many uh, who, were, who surrounded me, um, beloved in locker rooms uh, the world over. Um, and I don't think he's the only surprise on Sunday at Revolution. I think there's multiple surprises. So I'm glad I'm in on everything now. Uh, I can act like I know what the hell is going on. But, yeah, Tony uh, Tony keeps making moves. Tony loves AEW. He loves Jacksonville, which is why, as you guys know, we're, we're in Daly's place until Tony says we're going to move. Uh, and uh, I think he loves that the fact that this kind of Florida territory is a byproduct of the pandemic and he's going to provide something great on sunday talking to aew's cody rhodes cody rhodes two more quick questions for you man then we'll let you go real quick you mentioned it aew revolution you're taking part in the face of the revolution ladder match talk about the mindset that you go through because every match is different but you can expect when it's going to be a ladder match versus some fierce competitors you can expect that you kind of have to go to a place that you're not accustomed to going sometimes and and you know the the bumps and the spots um can be very high risk and reward uh especially in a ladder match do you prepare differently knowing a ladder match is coming up from a traditional match i think the only way you can prepare a little bit differently for ladder matches you have to be prepared to pick those ladders up and you have to be prepared to be hit with or put on those ladders because the, the they're, they're like your first time with chairs and tables you think there's something and then you pick them up and my gosh they're heavy um and i had such a this match is completely i consider myself the face of the revolution and i've considered that since all in i've been so lucky to have fans support me in that that effort and wanting to do the work and keep it going. But I'll say this, this match is not a match that's good for me. I don't know how many money in the banks I lost. It felt like fifty. Uh I I I, I it me something about climbing and this time it's a literal brass ring. Um Something about that just hasn't behooved me in the past. But of the guys I'm in there with, there's one being unknown. I, I feel like uh I feel like my experience in this case will actually help me considerably uh, secure the brass ring and then move on to face Darby for the TNT championship and and go for the third TNT title run. I like it. Last question. Obviously, congratulations in order. Congratulations on you know the announcement of you're going to become a father. That's fantastic news, man. Take it from a father himself. It's the best job you're ever going to have. Obviously, wrestling is big in your family, and you've grown up around it. 
Do you plan on, you know, bringing your daughter around it as well? I mean, is she going to be there for the journey, or are you going to kind of let her find her own way of professional wrestling? Somebody asked the best question the other day, very similar to what you just asked about, you know, because I've always said I was going to retire at 40, and they said, well, don't don't you want her to see what you do? Yeah. And uh, and now, <laughs> now as I think about that, I'm like, ah, oh. you choked up thinking about it. I Yeah. I really do, and I don't want them to have to look back. So uh, I, I will definitely bring them around the industry. Um, I've always been very proud of the industry. Uh, it's one of those, you know, where you uh, you can't fight who you are. And I was, I'm a wrestler, and that's, you know, go big show on Thursday. And the new stuff that's happening in my career is all thanks to wrestling. Um, so I'll bring them around it, and that's the problem when you bring kids around and they see that job, they're not going to want to do anything else. <laughs> and, uh, women's wrestling has become such as it's really just sunk its way into everyone's heart as a blade and it will continue to do so. So perhaps, and her mom will be the same way. We're proud of what we do. So I'd, uh, I'd love to have her around and see and make her own call on what she wants to be. AEW Revolution this Sunday. Cody, we appreciate you coming on the show, taking some time for us. Best of luck this Sunday, man. Thank you so much, buddy. All right. That's Cody Rhodes, man. Uh, one of the best in the business. Knows what he's doing, not only from a wrestling standpoint, but also a business standpoint. Um, I think Tony Khan made the right decision when he brought Cody Rhodes on board as an executive vice president. I can tell story after story of the type of dude that Cody Rhodes is. Um, that he's been to my friends, um, that I've, I met him personally at a book signing and, and the way he was to my son. Uh, nothing but respect for that dude, and I wish him success and nothing less when it comes to Cody Rhodes. Just a class act. Um, and check him out this Sunday, AEW Revolution. We're going to change up gears a little bit. we got more football talk, a little UFC talk coming up later on in the show here on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. The freaking Jacksonville Jaguars are 14-12 and 12 all-time against one of the best organizations, quite frankly, in all of sports. Austin Lane. Get him, Brent. Get him, Brent. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I'm not going for this Utah Jazz slander right now. <laughs> Me neither. Come on, man. I'm not going for this Utah Jazz slander right now. They got the best record in the NBA, and they have two best players in the last two standings. I'm not this going slander. for this. This is slander, America. Best halftime show in the business. We're on the the cusp of another NBA All-Star weekend. It's going to be a little different this year, though, obviously. Taking place in Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, right, Coos? Yes. It's correct. Nice. But they don't want people traveling there. Of course. Of course. Um, Usually All-Star weekends are are big for parties and stuff like that, but obviously this year it's probably going to look a little different. But before we get into the NBA talk, a couple uh, little tidbits around the NFL right now. Uh, this is a big one in terms of Jaguars news, per se. Broncos placing franchise tag on safety Justin Simmons, which means free agency and the safety position just took a knock, right? Because we're all Justin Simmons fans, probably the best safety uh, in terms of free agency, but he gets franchise tagged. Uh, more than likely going to stay in Denver unless somebody trades for him. But let's be honest, I think he's going to stay in Denver now. So that's a that's a little hurt for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nothing really that big, but it was definitely a name that was on the radar uh, for Jaguars fans to say the least. So Justin Simmons going to remain a Denver Bronco. Uh, the Bills signed Micah Hyde safety for to a two year extension. 
Um, and then the Chargers are actively shopping former Pro Bowl guard uh, Trey Turner. Per source, it looks like he's going to be traded or released in the near future. He's due $11.5 million this season. Doesn't do much for Jaguars fans, obviously. I think the guard position right now, depending on Andrew Norwell and what you believe, there are some rumors saying that the Jaguars might ship him. Uh, but right now where it stands, I don't think Trey Turner is going to be a Jacksonville Jaguar anytime soon. And then the Washington football team makes it official. Um, that Alex Smith has asked for his release, uh, and they're going to they're gonna grant him that. Um, listen, I can sit here and break it down, but Kuz, I felt like we did that like last week, and it would be Groundhog's Day. You know how I feel about Alex Smith. Can he help Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely. Is he worth the the, 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 the price of maybe a seven, eight, nine million? I don't think so. I think that if you if you truly believe that bringing a backup quarterback to help Trevor Lawrence is going to make the world a difference, then you're not buying a Trevor Lawrence at all. Just like Joe Burrow last year or Justin Herbert, I feel like if you have the skill set, if you have the talent, um, you're, you're going to shine no matter what. And keep in mind, you have Urban Meyer, who seems to be pretty quarterback friendly, and you have Gardner Minshew on a rookie deal. Now, how much he can offer uh, in the coach's room, how much he can offer on the sidelines as a backup remains to be seen from the mental standpoint of helping Trevor Lawrence out. But all I know is I'm going to knock on the biggest piece of wood here is if Trevor Lawrence was to go out for any type of period of time, you at least feel comfortable with Gardner Minshew as your starting quarterback. But let's be honest. It's the NFL. If your starting quarterback takes over, you're probably not going to the playoffs. Or you're not going to make a, a, a big run in the playoffs unless your name is Nick Foles. And we saw that was a flash in a pan and an outlier because now he's in Chicago sitting behind Mitchell Trubisky. With that being said, though, it was back to the NBA talk. And first of all, an apologies in order. All right. Uh, listen, growing up as a kid, sometimes I was taught that you have to admit when you're wrong. You you have to admit when you've made a mistake. So, Kuz, I sit here, 3-5-2021, and I just want to apologize for any slander that I threw at TJ McConnell. I want to apologize <laughs> for, you know, maybe some of the crap that I talked about TJ McConnell, some of the jokes that I had about TJ McConnell. And it's a shame you weren't here yesterday because we talked about it a little bit. Yeah. But TJ McConnell, and this would have been three days ago now, right? Mm-hmm did probably the most extra thing you could ever do in the NBA. Now, do I mean that as a sign of respect? Yes and no. But believe me when I say he did the most extra thing in the NBA when he posted a triple-double, but he added to the steals category and had 10 steals. Kuz, the floor is now yours. Yeah, man. I mean, that is phenomenal. I, I Like I said, I, the reason I like TJ so much is the very first game I ever went to see of the 76ers. He used to be on the 76ers. That's where I started watching him play. Yeah. Um, obviously, I didn't watch much college of him, but when he was what, on the Sixers... Do you know, where, where did he go to college? Oh, shoot. I can't, I'll go and go ahead. Don't let me slow you down. <laughs> you keep talking, man. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, so we, we were, it was down in Orlando, and uh, I was excited because it was going to be the first game that Embiid was supposed to play, but it was a back-to-back, so Embiid didn't play, which is, you know, I guess the, the counter-argument to, to players getting rest, you know? Sure, sure. And so um, so it was, it was, you know, the TJ McConnell show, essentially, and he hit a game winner. And I was just like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And so ever since that, I've always just been a fan of TJ McConnell. And, and, and then obviously we had a conversation and, 
and me saying TJ McConnell was a star to Sixers fans <laughs> took a life of its own and kind of became a thing for the show. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, excited to see. I mean, you know, with Oladipo getting traded, obviously they were going to ask a little bit more of him, and yeah. he's been playing decently. And you know, just obviously when you when you get ten steals, that's gonna. Well, People it's are insane. Take notice. And I'll be honest. I mean, listen, I, I had nothing against TJ McConnell. I just like right. joking about it all the time. But like, I was always surprised that he left Philly because like he yeah. he seemed to be like the embodiment of the 76ers. You know, kind of gritty, tough, well, kind of like, like what Philly reminds you of. He's like, well, he, in general, he's just that guy that like when you see him on the court. Just because everybody's so big, you're kind of yeah. like, what? Well, no, he... let's be honest. He's not getting picked even second or third or fourth in the YMCA if right. you're picking teams. And and so, you know, he's like, he seems like the average dude out there and yeah. and obviously is just works so hard. So well, um, and it's I'm, exciting. And I'm going to be honest here. So I looked up where he went to college, and that was a huge mistake because he went to two places. Arizona uh-huh. was his last uh, visit. But before that, he went to the school. And I've seen this name many times, and I can't pronounce it. Um it's D U Q U E N S. I'm sorry, U E S N E. It's like Dequens, Dequenis, Dequenis, Coos. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I totally put myself on the spot. I totally buried myself. That's my mistake. Mm-hmm. But it's like Dequenis or something. I've seen the name before. I just can't pronounce it. Okay. Take my word for it. But he also went to Arizona. So you've had your time on the show now, Coos. I'm glad you're happy. But it begs the question can he keep the momentum going? Or is this kind of a flash in the pan? Because I'll be honest with you, Kuz, I'm looking at his numbers from last night, and we're back down to mediocrityville. Okay. We're, what are the minutes played, though? Oh, uh, I mean, you really want me to do the work well, right that's now? That's what I'm curious about. You, I mean, if you, you really played, want me to do played, the work right? If you played way less, then I'm just saying I think it's going to go the way you, you think it's not going to go. But just one second, let me look up the, the box score real quick from T.J. McConnell last night. If you want to play the Rocky music, we can. We can do the T.J. McConnell box score breakdown if you truly want to. I'm just saying you may not like the numbers from last night. Look at them up right now. Kuz on the phone, obviously distracted. Duquesne is the school's name. Duquesne. Oh, somebody called in. South Beach got us. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Gary. Duquesne. Yeah. Way too many S's, way too many Q's, and way too many vowels. I don't. I, I think it's Dequinnexus, but whatever. With that being said, Coos, TJ McConnell box score breakdown from last night. Twenty nine minutes played. Is that a lot? That's, that's a good you're, amount, yeah. you're the NBA expert. That's a good okay. Amount, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Five for nine from the field goal percentage. Okay. Five rebounds, four assists, ten points. That's that's about right. It's a diet night, though, huh? It's a diet night <laughs> well, to go from a triple to, double yeah. to just dropping ten. I mean, what are we talking about here, Goose? I, I yes, it is not ten steals. <laughs> <laughs> it never is. Okay, so then you, you mentioned it too. All Star Weekend, right? It's going to be different. And how many times have we heard the phrase? It's going to be different. The combine, it's going to be different because of COVID nineteen. NFL season, it's going to be different. Well, the All Star Game is going to be different as well. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for in the All-Star game? I understand that the Utah Jazz are a little peeved right now because both of them got picked last. They're like the kids in gym class that nobody wanted. Well, I mean, if you're the best team record-wise in the NBA, you would think the two players on that team would get picked. Well, sir, I didn't say I agree okay, with okay, it. Okay. I'm just stating fa- Hey, yeah, yeah. don't jump on my head right now. I didn't say it was right. I think it's wrong as well. I yeah, think yeah. when you have the best record in the NBA, I think one of those guys at least deserves to be a starter. Don't get me wrong. 
How do you feel about the All-Star game? What can we look for? Dunk competition, three-point competition, obviously the game itself. What are you watching, man? Yeah, I mean, I think the game itself is kind of exciting. Last year was the first time that they tried this uh, situation where it's like each quarter yeah. uh, you can get a winner, and uh, that'll go towards a charity each quarter. And then kind of like the slates wiped clean for the fourth quarter, and then it's like win by – I think it's win by – Five or six, I think they have to win by a certain amount of number or a certain amount of points. Yeah. And so it was really exciting uh, two years ago, I should say. Uh, was it two years ago or last year? I think it happened before the pandemic. So it would have been last year, but it was yeah. it was a good it was a good change of pace. The game itself. I just wonder how many players are going to be bought in this year because they didn't want this. Yeah. And so. But it's still like so. Here's the thing about it though, Kuz. It's still for charity, right? Like, isn't it is? Yeah, yeah. And, and so you like, know, when you throw the whole charity thing in the mix, yeah. You know, honestly, once the it, it really the narrative was the NBA announced that the All Star Break stuff was happening. Um, you had some players come out and say they weren't excited for it, didn't want it. LeBron was vocal. Yeah. And then the NBA was like, yeah, but it's for charity. And then everyone kind of went hush hush. You know what I mean? Like, sure, sure. It, it kind of was like, okay, well, yeah, we'll play. Um. And and I also think they get fined if they don't play. So okay, I think you know it it'll be it'll be a fun weekend to watch. Again, am I excited for the dunk contest? I haven't been excited for a dunk contest in a while. True. Who, I, who are the competitors even in the dunk uh, contest? I mean, I, Obi Toppin was one of them from yeah. the Knicks. I just I don't remember hearing any other announcements, which kind of shows the excitement level of that. True. Um. So you know, at the end of the day. It's for the all-star game to to see it, and I know a lot of players are excited for a little bit of a break, at least to to kind of refresh and and start you know the second half of the the season. So Sunday will be nice. We are airing it here on ESPN 690. I believe the coverage the game starts at eight. Yeah, I believe our coverage starts at seven or seven thirty. So I think the three-point contest could be interesting. You got Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine. I'm sorry, Levine. Zach Levine, yep. Donovan Mitchell, um, Jason Tatum, like. I'll turn in and watch that. Yeah, I just, yeah, I've just never been excited for the three-point contest. Do you mean to tell me you, you haven't watched the the Larry Bird highlights from back in the day? And the, no, I, I hear you. I mean, listen, I understand, but it's still seeing Steph Curry do like, his thing. Like, you know? I honestly think the skills competition is more exciting to watch. You know sure. what I mean? Like, I, I don't even know if they're doing that this year. I haven't even checked, but they are doing it. We got. Okay. I'm glad you asked, Coos. I got it right here. Robert. Co- okay, Robert Covington. Okay, Luka Doncic. Okay, Chris Paul. Who's I mean been doing it forever? Yeah, it seems yeah, like sure. Julius Randall, uh, Demantis Sabonis. Yeah, feels Sabonis. like I got through that one, and then uh, Vucevic or whatever from uh, Orlando. Vuce, yeah, Vuce. Yeah. Just call him Vuce. I yeah. know. It's Sorry. easier. Vuce. Yeah. <laughs> Nikola Vuce. Yeah, Nikola Vucevic. 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 now you got Vuka me thinking because it's not sh- it's Vic. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Vic. Whatever. But anyways. Maybe Sal Bijagari can call us and no, he's, but he's us one of the, as well. I mean, he is the Magic's best player right no, now. No, he so. is. He is. And then for the dunk contest, we got Anthony Simmons, Cassius Stanley, and Obi Tom. It's only three people in the dunk contest. I'm probably trying to keep it lower. I mean. yeah. So here's how I feel about the dunk contest, Kuz. In the past, I mean, let's be honest. It's never going to be like it once was with Michael Jordan and, like, the heavy hitters, Dominique Wilkins. Like, there was a time when even, the best of the best were doing the dunk contest. But even if you go back to when – Vince Carter. When, like, 
um, Nate Robinson and, and Dwight sure, Howard were doing sure. like that was still entertaining. Well, even Aaron Gordon and then Zach. Aaron Gordon was a good yeah, one, but even and, then, and, before that, nobody was really like yeah. excited for it. And then they kind of got like uh, rejuvenized a little bit. Sure. And granted, at the time, like Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, like they weren't necessarily the household names. Now I think they've kind of played their way up, and they're pretty popular in terms sure. of NBA status. But I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know a lot about Anthony Simmons, Cassius Stanley, and Obi Tompkin. I, I really yeah. don't know that much at all. Well, and, um, and maybe that's why and what the dunk contest can be now. It can be yeah. the younger guys who maybe you don't know yet who are a potential rising star. Yeah. You know, and and then you can see. I guess just where my whole mindset changes, though, Kuz, is the fact like. You know, when you have YouTube and social media, like, yeah. you can find dunks anywhere now, right? Like, when it was back like with Vince Carter going between the legs and doing the honey dip, like, you you, you never saw that before. Like, that was revolutionary. And, but even with, like, Aaron Gordon doing his thing, uh, you know, like going with, between both legs and stuff like that, like, that was new. But now I just feel like it's a little saturated, it's a little watered down, and it's with players that we have no idea who they are. So it's super hard to get invested. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from Anthony Simmons, Cassius Stanley, and, and Obi Tompkins because they might come out and knock her socks off. But I'm just saying to get me to that point, you know, to get me to the point, especially on a Sunday when AEW is going to be taking place, it's hard to come along with it. So we'll see. I'll probably check it out. If not, I'll watch the highlights. But, you know, I'm watching AEW this weekend as well. We got more coming up here on ESPN 690, including a giant, massive UFC card. That needs to be broken down. Also, we got interviews with uh, Dwayne Smoot coming up with Marcel Robinson. I did a little one-on-one interview with him. And we got Ricky Carmichael talking to Stuart Weber. Got that interview as well. More here on ESPN 690 when we come back. I would say J.J. Watt has, has a tough presence. Too. You don't want to let him down. I mean, you saw You've heard some of those quotes come out of Tampa with, with Tom, and, and guys just don't want to let that type of player, with that type of work ethic and that type of um, you know legend, they don't want to let him down. They don't want to be that guy that, that doesn't hold up their end of the bargain. And, and J.J. brings a similar presence with always accomplished and his work ethic and, and the type of person he is. And so I, I do think that that can be a, a big um, proponent to, to where we're trying to head this next season. Is that Kingsbury? Yep. Really? Yep. That guy's got some bass in his voice. Oh, he's working on his like fireside chat. I his his fire pit manner, yeah. if you will. Huh? Did not think that's what Kingsbury sounded like. But there you go. Yeah, I mean, I've said how I felt about JJ Watt. Was it the smartest place to try to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. Did he worry about the money a little bit too much? Possibly. But I think when we talk J.J. Watt, we also talk legacy. And for him to go to a defense that he's familiar with, with Vance Joseph, who was once in Houston, to go to a defense that the focus will be on Chandler Jones, I think to go to a defense that was, you know, outsider, if not the top 10 last year in terms of productivity and stats – I think there's worse places to go. And if you assume, like I do, that Kyler Murray is only on the come up right now uh, and that offense will even look better this up and coming season, then you might have something special in Arizona. So 
I'm not going to fault J.J. Watt for to go into Arizona. Once again, I thought it was going to be Green Bay or Tampa Bay. But to me, this screams, despite what the what the haters say, despite what some of the analysts say, maybe including myself, he still has a lot left in the tank. Now, whether that's right or wrong, we'll be the judge of that. But I just feel like he's trying to prove people wrong still and say, hey, you guys want to count me out? You want to say I'm, I'm injury-ridden and all this stuff? I'm on the back nine of my career. Watch what I do in Arizona. Now, whether it pans out or not, time will tell. But I'm not going to hate on a guy for wanting to prove people wrong. If anything, it shows the type of guy that he is. So props to J.J. Watt. Because if it was me in that situation, I would have took the pay cut. I would have rolled the bench if I have to to win a Super Bowl. So I probably would have went to Tampa. Because assuming right now Tampa Bay is starting to reload a little bit and everything like that, I'll take a Super Bowl. I'll play with. I'll put my faith in Tom Brady. Is there any other quarter? Like, let's think about this real quick. In the entire landscape of the NFL, is there any other person right now, currently, that you would put your faith in over Tom Brady? I doubt it. Oh, no, maybe Trevor Lawrence, obviously, right? I think Allen Robinson is liking Trevor. Hey, where's the Trevor tracker on that one? Supposedly, Trevor Lawrence is following Allen Robinson right now on Instagram. Ooh. Where were you on that one? I didn't get a notification about that. Gonna need you to stalk a little harder next time. All right, hold on a moment. Gonna need you to, to look through his followers. Now this is hearsay. I'm not sure if it's true or not. Maybe I just got. Well, hold on, I might be able to. I might be able to figure that out for you. All right. Well, you following. just you just get on that. Oh wait. Oh, he's following. Okay, so he follows 961 people. Follows DJ Chark, Keenan Allen. Wait, well, okay, okay, yeah. Allen Robinson, yeah. So Trevor Lawrence is following Allen Robinson. And Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else worth a note? Uh, Colin Johnson. Sure. Well, I mean, you know, he's a Jaguar. Yep. Do we got any other big... Is he following Leonard Williams? Uh, let me see. Williams. Is he following my burner account on Instagram? Because I don't have one, but if I did... No, he's following Will Greer. Okay. Oh. But not... No. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> not. Hey, now you're just saying names <laughs> when you bring up Will Greer. No, I'm kidding, man. Uh, you know, former... Uh, Florida Gator, Will Greer. Um, okay, interesting. Interesting that he's following Allen Robinson. I like it. Adds a little bit to the intrigue, if you will, right? Yeah. I'm trying to see if there's any other names that pop up. That so, now, I'm going to appreciate, though, going forward, because you know how I feel about this Trevor tracker. Going to need you to set your game up a little bit, all right? I don't want to do this. Yeah. I don't want to go on Twitter and see the breaking news. This is your job, Goose. This is what you signed up for. Follows Jimmy Butler, first basketball player I've seen on this list. Yeah. yeah you, you know, I mean, <laughs> sure. Why yeah, not? I mean, hey, I'm just like pointing it out. Yeah. Know? Okay. Anybody else worth of note? Uh, Does he follow ESPN 690? Ooh. Well, I feel like we would have. No, that would have been a whole thing. If he followed us, we would have known. We that would have popped up on my phone. If Trevor Lawrence followed us, I would have took the day off and went to Lemon Bar, to be honest. Yeah, well, he follows I, the, I got a fight the, coming up, The though. main ESPN. Yeah. Okay, whatever. All right, so with that being said, Trevor Lawrence following Alan Robinson on Instagram. It is what it is. You heard it, you know, you didn't hear it here first because Kuz ain't doing his job. But, yeah, we, but we verified. But it is verified, confirmed, um, print it, send it, deliver it. I want to switch topics a little bit, though, with, with Jaguars-related players here. And a guy that's not really being talked about a lot right now that's made some progress that, uh, once again, is a little intriguing to me is Dwayne Smoot. Now, I think Dwayne Smoot 
in terms of dependability uh, and in terms of, you know, uh, stuffing the box score has done a fantastic job. I I really do. I think year by year, Dwayne Smoot has come and and done better and better. Now, he's going to be an undrafted free agent. I'm sorry, unrestricted free agent uh, in 2021. Big question if the Jaguars should resign him or not. I'm going to be honest. In terms of where he would fit in a 3-4 defense, it's almost like he might be a tweener because I feel like, well, obviously he's a little too big to play outside linebacker. And depending on what his weight's at right now, he might be a little too small to play in a th- like a 3-4 defensive tackle slash nose. And trust me when I say he might be too small because I had to do that job in Kansas City. And if you weigh around 280, 285, uh, needless to say, it's not going to cut the mustard. But nevertheless, uh, Action Sports Jack's Marcel Robinson caught up with Dwayne Smoot a little bit. I think just to catch up and see what's going on in his life. Kuz, do we have that audio ready to go? Yeah, let's go ahead and play that Dwayne Smoot interview. I'm curious. I haven't heard it myself, so I'm curious to see what Dwayne Smoot's been up to. Uh, it, it was definitely something that was uh, uh, heavy on my heart. I mean, something I've been trying to get together for a couple of years now and um, something that the kids can learn, you know, and going forward just figuring out how to actually work with the computers and be, being able to build them. Not a lot of people know, actually, when you go out and buy a Dell for $1,000, like, it's nowhere near if you build something yourself for 400 It's It's actually a lot better. So just teaching these kids that and, you know, them actually having that skill set is a great thing for them going in the future. You've been very outspoken about, you know, how involved you are with, you know, sort of the, the art aspect of things, you know, obviously like video production everything that mm-hmm. you do. To be partnered with, you know, Jams, to be able to do something like this, First of all, how did you get involved and sort of, I guess, for lack of a better term, what keeps you coming back? Uh, I feel like it's like something that is kind of tied to me. You know, um, luckily I was I was introduced to this place by my uh, doula when my son was born. And we came here and we, we just we saw it was we were actually here for like a music like display or something like that. They had like video music. All the kids were like they were all into it. They were um, they were happy. You know, I just saw like the the great things that they're doing here, you know, and I felt like it was. You know, it was kind of a disservice that they didn't have like the funding to be able to get it done and you know in arts and stuff like that where they've been trying to kind of cut back I want to be able to bring light to that so um, I feel like it's just something that uh, I feel like I'm gonna be coming back to a lot I want to be able to do a lot more a lot more things going forward for James as well you can definitely feel your passion and, and the compassion as you're working in there uh, with them sort of you know putting these things together so many times we'll see uh, guys kind of come through and I mean their heart is in it obviously but mm-hmm. for someone like you who is really tied into this hoping that you can pass this on to them you can sort of feel that with the kids right? Yeah I, I can definitely feel that and I, I feel their excitement as well I mean they're, they're, they're very focused they're into it they, they want to learn they're eager to, eager to learn so I'm just happy that I'm, I'm able to even you know meet these kids that even want to even do this and you know just lend a helping hand wherever I can and so let's, that, let me ask you one more question just about the school in general. To have sort of a facility like this, obviously, you know, it's one of the, the big things that we're talking about giving back. But to have a facility like Jams where kids can come here and really kind of explore those aspects that they may not be exposed to, say, say in other schools. Um, for someone like you, obviously, to be able to come here and just sort of see the impact, not just for you, but just the facility and the programs they have here offer, it's got to be great, right? Oh, it's definitely great, and I, I think I came here about two years ago, and it did not look anything like this. It was completely boxed off, and it was just like the auditorium that was available, and you're seeing that, like, just by, like, the funding that's been coming in and, like, the help that 
that they've been given, like they've been using it and like making like unbelievable spaces and creative spaces for these kids. So, I mean, it's something that I, I'm I'm inspired by and something I'm looking forward to, you know, keep keep giving back. Obviously, the biggest impact that most people on the football team leave in the city is the football activity. But is this sort of like your hope that this will be your impact on the city to touch some of these kids into doing things like this? Definitely. Just, you know, uh, teaching kids that there's like skills, like tangible skills they can do with their hands, you know and actual things that they can contribute to life. So, I mean, these are things that I want to be able to help as well. And I know these, uh, all the teachers here at JAMS are, you know, doing an unbelievable job with that. So I'm just here to help. Dwayne Smoot, talking about something that I have no idea about, really. Computers. Computers. Kuz, how many times do I have to tell you, hey, can you open up my computer or type in my password <laughs> for me? Um, I'll be honest. But while that interview, I had no idea what he was talking about in terms of computers. But it goes to show you. It's more than football. And I think that was actually done. I think Dwayne was actually at a school helping out kids and, you know, kind of teaching about computer classes and stuff like that, which is really cool. It goes to show you that there's more um, to life than football and that football players aren't just X's and O's. There's other things about them. And I know Dwayne Smoot actually trains MMA as well. And he's very knowledgeable, obviously, in computers. What can't the guy do? But it begs the question, do you bring him back in a 3-4 defense? Is there a need for, like, a pass-rushing defensive tackle? I'm not sure. I think it comes down to the size and the stature. Um, and I get it. I have preconceived notions of what a 3-4 defensive tackle should look like. I just don't think that Dwayne Smoot fits the mold. But who knows, man? He's proven us wrong in the past. Maybe he comes back and he dominates. More on ESPN 690 when we get back.